Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Especially when the pastors tell you to give, you know, to contribute towards the God's work. Not everybody understands the impact. And Papa G, the one he called me to minister today, and he told me it was Mission Sunday. I went back over 35 years on the street. Many times I wanted to commit suicide. You could look at me and you think I'm psychiatric. I wasn't adding up properly because my hair had grown, my nails had grown, I was in rags. life was like hopeless. Being that, you know, somebody I called maybe my uncle, maybe my dad cast me out of his home. I don't know. He wanted to cut me into pieces. He was a drug addict. He was, I think, a witch doctor. Sir, I ran for my life. Where did I find myself on the street? Eating from the garbage. No mother, no nothing. Nobody ever told me, here, here is a picture of your mom. Here is a story. So I'm trying to cut the story short. There is a church. They had what they called Mission Sunday. I think it was Sunday school evangelism and all that. So they sent the little ones on the street, in the villages, to bring their fellow little ones. I think they had prepared milk. So this little boy finds me on the street and says, hey, let's go to church. I didn't even know about church. I was very hungry because we used to look for food in the garbage cans. Even in the garbage cans, there was no food. So this little boy tells he didn't even know how to preach. So I want to challenge each and every one of you, this being Mission Sunday, don't come alone to church. Grab somebody, bring him over. Do everything that it takes. There are people suffering. If you don't intervene, they will die the following day. I would have died a long time ago. But thank God that this church had what they call Mission Sunday, Mission Week. So he tells me, oh, we are going to sing. I wasn't interested. Very hungry. I was in rags. I was thinking. I remember one night I cried so much and I said, I wish my mother was here. I wouldn't be suffering as I'm suffering now. They had killed two street children. Not everybody loves street kids. 
because uh, street kids and other people are, you know, they have all that bad habits and all that, so nobody loves them. And you know, you learn at the at tender age, I learned how to take drugs, how to steal, how to kill, and all that. Because on the street, there are babies there, then there are little girls and boys, then there are teenagers, and then there are mamas and papas. You know, they abuse you, they do everything they want. So, in the midst of all that kind of chaos, thinking to die and, you know, they come. They prepare Mission Sunday, Mission Week. So this, don't take this Mission Sunday lightly or Mission Week. You are doing exactly what Jesus could have done. It's a kingdom agenda. It's not the agenda of the pastor, no. So to cut the story short, the little boy told me, you know what? We're going to have milk. I told the boy, now you are talking. Why did you waste all my time? <laughs> but I remembered I didn't have money. <laughs> money co- uh, milk costs money. You know, it's not about money. It's very sad. Or at times, people don't want to give because they want to keep the money, you know. Money can make you buy a big KFC or McDonald's, as I, I see them here, but it will not give you the appetite. <laughs> it can make you buy a big mansion and all that. It will not give you sleep. Money can fail, but God will never fail. So the message today is, you know, time with God is an investment. But before I go into that, you, you need to know you, the product, the results of getting involved in missions. So the little boy told me, no, milk is free at church. Whew. Very hungry, but hopeful that I'll get some milk. I followed the boy to church for the first time. So when the ushers saw me, it wasn't like today. When we came out of the car, you know, somebody was there to to get my Bible. I told him, hey, this is my gun. (laughs) This is my sword. Everybody looked at me and said, hey, this is a psychiatric mad boy coming to disturb the church service. Nobody thought that I'll be a preacher at one time. Because I was thinking, I was in rags. No, nobody was interested in me. So they made me sit close to the church door. Here I always say, I tell Christians today, you know, when we're growing up, it's like things are changing. People in church get easily offended. You know, they, they say, oh, the church, the pastor didn't call me and all that. <laughs> oh, no one, there's no love in church. 
and all that kind of stuff, I tell people that my first time in church, I would have given up. They made me sit there, and I was waiting for the milk. But still, I could see a difference because on the street, it was chaos, fighting, confusion. But people in church, they were smiling, you know, even if nobody said hi, it was okay. It was a little kind of peaceful. When you, when you cannot differentiate, when you cannot see the difference between church life and the worldly life, then there comes a challenge or a problem. So I waited for the milk. Nobody gave me the milk. I looked for the boy who brought me to church. I didn't see him up to this day. <laughs> but I received something. The spiritual milk. The word of God. Even when I was a little boy, the man, I didn't even know whether he was a pastor, stood up. He went to be with the Lord over 10 years ago. He said so many things, but at least I got out these two statements. He said, God is a father to the fatherless. If you don't have a father, God can be your father. That struck me. And he continued to say, if no one is taking care of you, Jesus will take care of you if you give him your life. Repeat a, a sinner's prayer. I didn't know what I was doing, but I gave my life anyhow. Mission Sunday. Over 35 years ago. I don't even know how, how old I am. <laughs> because nobody... Nobody told me you were born on such and such. Everybody is guessing. The pastors are guessing. You can also guess. <laughs> so I gave my life to Jesus and God. I thought, I didn't even know that God was God. You know, the creator of heaven. And I didn't know about that. Or Jesus. I thought these were two men. One is called God. Another one is called Jesus. So everyone, church service was over, everyone went, spread, you know, everybody was going. I said, hey, I'm going to wait for these two men. No one was talking to me. No one was interested in me. But listen, if no one is interested in you, God is interested in you. People cannot see from far. They are so limited. It's only God who is not limited. People can judge you the way you are. But God has the last judgment. Nobody talking to me. I think the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. Time with God is never wasted. You might not see it now. But after some days, or after some hours, or seconds, or years, 
you will glorify him. So I said, let me wait for these two men, God and Jesus. Why was still there? The, the situated God, I think, he came and said, hey, you mad, crazy, psychiatric boy, go back where you came from. No one is interested. Why are you so much bothered with people who cannot see from far? Who are limited? Why are you so much bothered? You know, I didn't know any scripture. I didn't know any Bible verse. Even that day, I didn't remember if they opened the Bible. But I was hopeful that I had given my life to two men, Jesus and God. And they would take care of me. So I said, go back. So I decided not to go back to the street. I said, let me get outside here and wait. When Jesus and God come, I will introduce myself to them. And say, hey, I, the, the other man said, ABCD, so I'm here. Nobody talked to me. When nobody talks to you, God is looking forward to talk to you. Just give him your time. In fact, it's not even your time. It is his time. It's not your time. Because one of the things uh, in the last days, people are becoming more busier. Before you know, you have backslidden. Before you know, you don't have time for Bible study. You don't have time for worship. You don't have time for praise. You have other time for other things. But time with God is an investment. To cut the story short, I waited. Very hungry. Alone. But not disappointed. Why? The man at the pulpit said, if you gave your life to Jesus and God, they will take care of you. God will become your father. That was my hope. Where is your hope? You know, at times when you don't have so much time with somebody, you cannot understand clearly how he operates. Time with God is a time of understanding who God is. Everyone can let you down, but God will never let you down. If you just pick on that, you stand on that, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But at times we come and we don't, we, we say, what time is he finishing? You, you don't focus, you know. You know what I'm talking about. It's like you are talking to somebody who is going to board a plane at the airport. <laughs> Yeah, you are talking, but he's, he's as if he's listening, but he's, he, he wants to board the plane. It's 
It's a challenge. It came night. I slept on the church veranda. To cut the story short, they began to give me handouts at the church and all that. I would hear them say, oh, that psychiatric boy is changing. I wasn't psychiatric. <laughs> I wasn't mad. No. It was conditions, situations that were, I, I didn't even invite as a little boy. So when you give to missions, you are touching the heart of God. You didn't hear that. You are touching the heart of God. You know all the scriptures. You know the, I mean, what haven't you heard? That, you know, when they ask me to minister all over, where, wherever I go, I ask myself, what haven't they heard? But at times we fail to put what we've heard into practice. That's where the challenge is. That's where the challenge is. You know, an investment is the action or process of investing money or time or anything for profit or material. An asset or item acquired with the goal of generating income or appreciation. It's a faculty of perceiving, understanding. You know, in an economic sense, it is the purchase of goods that are not consumed today, but are used in the future to create wealth. What you are doing now, you are investing. You are investing. The worldly people will not understand. Say, so you come and sit and sing? What's that? Because they're watching, some of them are watching television, some of them are visiting and all that. But what you're doing, you are investing. I will not talk it all, but time came, I was there. You know, they would open the, the, the church doors. I'll be the second to enter. After seven years, the pastor calls me and said, Hey, where did you come from? No one was claiming me. <laughs> no father, no mother, nobody. I was there alone. But not disappointed. Jesus was always with me. By then, I had known the scriptures. I was growing up mature in the scriptures. I told the pastor, I came from God. <laughs> How about that? Hallelujah. You know, you hear people crying. You know, I gave my life to Jesus. Everybody deserted me. My father, my mother, you know, so things are bad. I don't know what to do. Hey. God can become your father. Jesus can become your everything. 
Just give him your time. It's not your time. I always repeat that. It's God's time. Somebody shout amen. amen. Time with God is a time when you hear his voice. Speak. Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send does not come from anywhere. It comes from God. So you need to hear that from him. When, when you are, you know, you are focused when you, yes, and you say, yes. I, you know, what happened at the mountain, you know, when Jesus took two disciples, three disciples, Peter, James, and John. They saw Jesus transfigured before their very eyes. The three disciples, the nine disciples missed it out. The three disciples had the voice of God. God speaking, this is my son. No wonder times, you know, when Peter and the disciples were in the boat, when they saw Jesus walking on the storm, Peter said, hey, if it's you, Jesus, call me. He was at the mountain. He could recall. Your time with God is very important. It's, a, it's an investment. Somebody shout amen. amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. In economic management, sciences, investments mean longer terms, longer term saving, savings. You are saving now, but you don't know. <laughs> Everything that you see that is going on in the world the, the, the economics and all, the economy and all that. You think it came by itself? No. At times people think that when I come to church, I think I'm losing out something. You are not losing. In God, we don't lose. If, if you are giving Jesus the praise, give him the praise for that. We don't lose in God. We don't lose in God. We invest. You may not see it, but you will. When you keep on trusting him, you begin to know how God operates, how God moves, how God speaks. Then you are convicted. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going to bring a scripture for you to understand exactly. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. Matthew chapter 19 verse 27. The Bible says, look, Peter replied, we have left everything. We have left what? Everything. Peter is speaking to Jesus who knows. You cannot, you cannot tell him a lie. You, you don't see Jesus saying, no, Peter, you are, you, you are lying there. Stop a little bit. You have not left everything. He said, we have left. Every, we have left. Other translations say, we left all. 
We left everything to follow you. To follow you. What then? Will there be for us? He was like saying, hey, what is our future? <laughs> they were concerned as apostles, as disciples. They were concerned. So we left everything. And when you continue to read, you know, says, how's it? When Jesus is responding. Because Jesus knew exactly what they were saying. At times I see Papa. There are things that later on the screen didn't tell you. There was one time we had to, to smuggle him <laughs> to Congo. We reach at the border because they know he's American. They want money. If you came from Africa, you know. <laughs> something, some, they want something small. $2,000. <laughs> they think it is small. Pastors are waiting in Bukavu, Congo. At the same time, we hear news. Ebola. People are dying of Ebola. But Papa is heading to Congo with me. <laughs> and 12 hours is waiting. You need to pray. You need to support financially and also pray for protection. Because it's not easy. I think the devil is making it more hard because he knows the impact that will come out. I wouldn't be a preacher today. I wouldn't have come here today if people didn't go out. And we had, we had to, now the pastors are in the Congo, they are very poor and very hungry. Now they are saying, one, one cross and says, but there is no food. <laughs> and they say, oh, man of God. I mean, you, you have, I don't know whether you understand somebody you have. You know, I look at him. So we don't know what to do. Then we, we add up things. And the plan comes. We have to smuggle him. But the officer in charge needs $600. But you are not going to do it here where you are. You are going to do it maybe 50 miles away. <laughs> so they are separating us. And now I say, if something happened, what will I tell Mrs. Jide? It's not easy. But when you give it full support, finally we managed to enter Congo. A revival took place. Revival took place. One time, yeah, now we are in a hotel. We go, we come back. The hotel is surrounded by soldiers. And I don't, I don't trust the Congolese soldiers so much. But you don't know what to do. You left all. At times, 
you read about Peter, but Peter is gone over 2,000 years ago. You have your pastor, he's here. And the teams. They are already gone. You are not even there. So we are going through you know, situations you know, that hinder the gospel. You know, what I could see in my prayer time, I would see God is shifting you. That word is prophetic. You are going to the next level. Spiritually, you don't understand. You may not understand it now, but you will. God is up to something to elevate you like never before. Because that is his heart. That is the kingdom agenda. We are getting so comfortable in our churches. And God wants us out. No, you don't, you don't, I'm not saying you go out and you don't come back. <laughs> I want you to get me real good. Amen? Hallelujah. Left everything to follow you. Did we lose, did we lose time? Did we waste our time? No. Time with God is never wasted. It's an achievement. You know, when you look, it's the same thing, but different translation. Look, okay. Luke chapter 18, verse 28. It says, look, said Peter, we have left everything we had. Everything that did what? They had. <laughs> everything they had to follow. When you give everything you have for missions, you touch the heart of the most high God. You are doing what he expects you to do. Have you ever thought that, you know, have you ever looked at people, you know, they do things you don't expect them to do? That's what the churches are doing. God looks and says, why are they doing that? But you are doing what, exactly what God is expecting you to do. And because of that, you have double. Somebody shout amen. amen. Some people need double anointing, but they don't want to do the things that bring the double anointing. You are talking about Peter, you know, and all. They, he found, uh, he found, he, he found a, a man paralyzed uh, from his bath, and he said, what I have I give you? Hey, the man who is doing that, he left everything. <laughs> you know, when you read also, uh, I'm going to give you the scripture. You know it very well. Luke chapter 10. We can go there. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10. You begin to speak the scriptures. You know, you, you speak you speak, you speak what God, what you have heard God say. Amen? Yeah, you go, you go. You know all that part? As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village 
where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She wants to have time with the Savior. Continue. Uh -huh. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. You see, time with God. You are listening to what God is saying. God speaks through your pastors. Uh -huh. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Uh -huh. The response. That's what I want. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. That's the challenge. You don't have time for God because you are worried about so many things in life. So you say, if I don't, if I don't reach here, if I don't do that, I also work. Papa knows. Also work. But I always, at times I don't want to go to church. Because I have to report <laughs> at my job by six. I live by five. I, I, and you know, because I'm marketing, I am a marketing supervisor, I do a lot of, you know, you are tired. You say, why don't I go back home and sleep? <laughs> and rest. And then I said, no. Let me go to the hill. So I go through the jam, go to church. By the time I know, it's midnight. But I'm refreshed. Time with God is time of refreshment. Refreshment. You are refreshed. You, are, you, are, you, are, you become anew. To handle another challenge. That's why we fail. You say, I don't know what to do. But when you have been with God, when everybody says, this looks impossible, because you have the language of God, you begin to say, it is possible. When everybody says, it is impossible. Somebody shout, amen. amen. Time with God is never wasted. What time do I have? Is it gone? I need to know. Because I might think I'm in Uganda. <laughs> you know, we have a church service in Uganda. It begins at 6 a.m., ends at, six, at 7 p.m., nonstop. <laughs> and you know, when you close the church service, nobody wants to go back home. But do you know what happens? We have one girl by the names of Esther Namutebi. She died. Her dead body was taken to hospital for five days. So they came around 2 p.m. We started at, at 6. Then they come say, she's dead. Said, okay. Don't talk to me about that. We serve a living God. So... As service, uh, I was closed and said, hey, this week, there is no burial. We are not going to bury. And I didn't know what I was talking. 
I didn't know what I, So one of the heart teachers came and said, Pastor, you know, no, I followed the, in the mortuary. I said, hey, I know. But there's no burial. You speak life. Somebody shout hallelujah. You speak progress. Advancement. Time with God is time of advancement. You've been there for so long time. It's time to advance in Jesus' name. But we are so mindful of many things. Forgetting that is, you know, God wants us to understand. These scriptures that just come. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11. You have to, because I don't know how to use this uh, equipment. You, I know when somebody shouts at me and say, hey, time me over. Then I understand. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree. I replied. Uh-huh. Next. Is there? No. There's some, I, I, I need another, another statement there. Oh, because I have it here. 11 and 12, I think. Uh-huh, 12, yes. The, uh, the Lord said to me, you have, uh -huh, that's what I want. God asks Jeremiah, what have you seen? What do you see? And Jeremiah said, I've seen. You know the answer. What did God or the Lord respond? He said, you have seen correctly. People come to church, but they don't see correctly. They don't see correctly. Especially the spiritual things of God. They don't see them correctly. Pastor stands and says, hey, you begin to doubt. I don't think pastor can come here and say something that the Lord hasn't authorized. That's the challenge. Time spent with God is time of life. I'll give you an example. About my life too. I had to sell my house to start an orphanage home because I didn't have anybody to begin with. And then I think it costed something like 55,000 US dollars. Big house in the city. I sold it. Because when I began to collect children from the streets, I loved, we, ha we had like 50 children. I was very comfortable with it, but non my, my wife was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I said, now I have to come up with something. Because I know I've been there. So I saw the house. When I saw the house, even some pastors told me, you know, people are working hard to own a house. You are selling it for those kids? People don't see correctly as God sees. They don't understand. Sold it. Very painful. But it pays. I'm investing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Papa, don't fear to shout at me that time is gone. 
<laughs> so even the place where we are, it was a stronghold of the enemy. I won't go into that. But because we've been with God, we walk with him, we trust him. He makes the difference. One time I got a fat accident. That's why I'm limping now. I'm limping. I was pronounced dead for seven days. They pronounced me dead. Even the radio station where I work and television. Instead of praying for me, they were praying for my wife and the family. <laughs> let, us pray, let us pray for pastors. <laughs> Very selfish. I won't go into that. But then I came back to I came back to life. That's why I'm here. Many people ask me, did you go to heaven? I tell them, if I went to heaven, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. But you know, they operated on me in Uganda, and I was in pain for three years. You touch my hair and I feel pain. You enter, I feel pain. And the doctors. Okay. I finish up with this. Yeah. Papa, I will come back. I will come back next time. <laughs> but exactly for you to understand let me end with this point so I would hear people if, you know in the hospital I would hear people say God is not fair you know when I came back I could not speak for two weeks I had lost my voice I, I don't know but I wasn't they would say but Pastor Paul is doing ABCD these orphans widows for three years, I was in pain. And my boss, uh, Papa's mate, had visitors from UK. He just calls me in Uganda, not black, or in Africa. But okay, I will say in Uganda, I know the pastors. No African pastor can get visitors from UK or from US and he calls you that you take them. No way. So he calls me and says, hey, they will like your church. Take them there and all that. To cut the story short, they came. They saw the work and all that. And how I was in pain, they said something is wrong if they operated on you three years ago. I was, not, I was in a wheelchair. I was, you know, coming out. I was. And God is fa not fair. God is good in everything. We give thanks. Even in, times of, even in times of pain, it's still God. So they come. They organize for me. They saw a professor in Stanmore Hospital, London. So they organized. I went, to, I went to England. I went to the professor's room with my... And he said, is this the man from Africa? I said, yes. He said, hey, you don't have legs. According to him, what he has studied and the x-rays have told him, I don't have legs. 
So I tell the doctor, the professor, hey, I have legs. I've been using them for three years now. <laughs> I said, hey, sit. And he says, look. I looked once. Whatever he was saying, it was, looked like true. But I have where I get all the truth about me. Everything concerning me, I know where it comes from. I looked once and he said, hey, look again. I said, no, I'm not going to look again. And he said, sit down. The family was there and they said, in fact, he asked me, how long does it take Ugandan doctors to study? Is it days or weeks? And he said, they put wrong metals in my flesh. They rusted in my flesh. And they got broken. So he said, cancer has spread. We have to cut off your legs. But still, it will take a lot of money. Why don't you take him back? Why don't you just take him back? When he said that cancer had spread, the family believed so much and trusted so much in the professor, what he said, they began to cry like babies. When they cry like babies, I cry to God. Said, I need my legs. Time with God is that time when you bring back what the devil wants to take. You bring back what the devil has stolen. You bring back your family. You bring back the broken pieces together. Time with God is an investment. And he said, you take a lot of money. We needed like 50, 55, I don't know, US dollars. Listen, I cry to God. I know him. Do you know him? When you know him, he knows you. You shouldn't worry of anything. You shouldn't be mindful of anything. He said, I need that money. And you know, they went out, they called. He said, how do you call them? They are white. I said, hey, professor, have you heard about the blood of Jesus? It has so much power. It brings the black people together and the white people together. I speak scriptures. The professor doesn't understand. And then, they, op they take me to operate. Two weeks. I still I have my legs. Though, the pain wasn't so much. I hear somebody come. Comes in my room. When the nurses saw the professor, everybody was running away. I said, where is the black man? He said, I'm here. He said, I don't believe there is God. I don't believe there is God. I don't accept it. But I think your God has helped you out. Oh my God. Somebody stand up on your feet. Your God will help you out. He'll help you out. They don't understand him, you understand him. They don't know him, you know him. Let God meet you at the point of your needs. May God bring back the broken pieces together. May God, may you find favor in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your holy hands. Something must be restored to you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
May God bless you. I love you all in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for supporting the orphans at Caring Heart. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Time with 